Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. It is Wednesday, August 4th, wherever you are. Uh, whenever you listen to this, I wish you God's grace, God's love. May you be surrounded uh, by that embrace of God today. Huh? It's a good day. Uh, and so, okay, with yesterday's reading, brothers and sisters, we finished chapter 14. Isn't that funny? We spent how long on chapter 13? We fly through chapter 14. Chapter 14, we hardly knew ye. And uh, today, <laughs> well, we're starting, you know, 20 verses into chapter 15. Um, and so we may fly through this one as well. But today's gospel reading, Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 to 28. Uh, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about we miss set of context. But um, let's break open God's word and see what God has for us in Matthew's gospel today. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. At that time, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman of that district came and called out, Have pity on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he did not say a word in answer to her. His disciples came and asked him, Send her away, for she keeps calling out after us. He said in reply, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But the woman came and did him homage, saying, Lord, help me. He said in reply, It is not right to take the food of children and throw it to the dogs. She said, Please, Lord. For even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the table of their masters. And then Jesus said to her in reply, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed from that hour. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So yesterday we uh, finished up, right, chapter 14 um, of uh, Jesus' gospel, and that was the walking in the water, and then, didn't talk about it in my reflection yesterday, but they got to the other side, Genesaret, and Jesus did some healing there. Uh, and interestingly enough, which is, is, is you know, kind of, um, well, I'll say it's odd, because Genesaret is pagan territory, right? It's not Jewish territory. When's the last time we remember the Jews, or excuse me, Jesus and his disciples being over at Genesaret? Well, it was when Jesus healed that, uh, oh gosh, I'll, I'll say a demoniac, but, but that's, I'm not sure if that's the right term. It was the one person who was incredibly strong uh, lived out among the, the tombs of the people and was chained. And, uh, and he had, you know, how many demons living within him? And Jesus cured them, and the demons went and went into the sheep, right? And then the sheep ran off the cliff. And, uh, and the shepherds ran into the townspeople, conferred with them. The townspeople came out and begged him to leave. 
Why? Because he just upset their economy, right? He just took a few hundred sheep, they ran off the, the cliff, uh, and, and no longer the, is that economic boost there for the townspeople. So they said, hey, we choose you, and, uh, or we choose the economy. You, you leave, please. But the demoniac stayed, now the cured man. He desired to follow Jesus, but Jesus said, no, stay. And so we saw when Jesus went back there, yesterday's gospel, all the people came out to him when they recognized who was there, and they asked for his blessing. He taught them, and he cured them. So you see what the work of that one person did. But yet, again, pagan territory, right? Oh, I said that they were sheep that ran off. It wasn't. It was pigs. That's how we know it was pagan territory. It was pigs. Sorry, not sheep. Um, because pigs are not uh, part of uh, the Jewish diet, right? Pork. So why am I telling that? Well, so we come here to this gospel today. We skipped over a portion where Jesus and the Pharisees were, were um, bantering back and forth and, and uh, the Pharisees were upset at Jesus because his disciples didn't hold to the tradition of washing hands. So he gives them the Dickens saying, you know, let's talk about what, where that true filth comes from. Uh, and, um, and so anyway, that's the part we missed. But it's interesting that we leave with Jesus doing healings in pagan territory and then coming here to Tyre and Sidon, which is also pagan territory, and refusing to do a healing. Isn't that interesting? And, and, and why is that? So here's what we get. Of course, you just heard it. Uh, Jesus goes to this other you know, territory filled with a, a number of Canaanites, filled with a number of non-Jewish people. Let's just call them that, non-Jews. And this Canaanite woman, who is a non-Jewish person, comes up and asks for a healing. And Jesus doesn't even say a word in answer to her. Um, yeah, I, I, I'll say almost as if she were beneath him. Now, again, that's not how Jesus treated people. Uh, and, but it was very interesting. And, uh, and his disciples then come and say, listen, send her away. And Jesus says this, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And uh, the woman comes in reply and says, Lord, help me. But he says, listen, it's not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs, meaning uh, he's, he's using imagery here uh, of the children of Israel being the children at the table and, and uh, non-Jewish people being the, the lesser, the dogs out there. And then she again stays with it and says, listen, even the dogs eat the scraps. And he says, great is your faith. What you ask will be done. And, and the woman is healed. So why would he do it at, at one place over in Genesaret in yesterday's gospel and yet mere verses later not do it here? The truth is I don't know the answer to that. But I will say this, part of that, part of that may be answered, and this is all supposition, not sure if it's real or not, but part of it may be found out in our first reading today. So in the first reading, if we were to read it, and it's longer, I won't, I won't read it, 
But remember, the, the Hebrew people, the Israelites, were wandering in the desert with Moses for 40 years. And they get up close to the land that God has promised them, which is called what? The land of Canaan. The land of Canaan. You see where I'm going, right? And Jesus, or excuse me, Moses sends 12 people, one from each of the tribes. He sends a prince from each of the tribes into the land for 40 days to reconnoiter it, to check it out, and to see, hey, where's the best place for us to go in? And they come back, and they come back and say, listen, there are giants in the land. We can't do it. Too much. Indeed, it's flowing with milk and honey. One of the 12 says, we can do it. We can take them. But the other 11 are like, no, nope, don't want to do it. And they send out rumors in, in the midst of the people about how big and fierce the people who inherit the land are. And so God says to them, listen, uh, you don't trust me? Uh, then for every day that you spent in there reconnoitering the land, you will spend a year in the desert wandering and this entire generation will pass before you enter into this land. And so they do. They spend 40 years in the desert wandering because of their lack of trust and faith in God. And ultimately, it would take hundreds of years before they, they vanquish, if I can use that word, the Canaanite people. There were a number of tribes in this land of Canaan, but the, the fiercest, if I can say that, were the Canaanites. And so they were some of the sworn enemies of the Jewish people. And so again, getting back to this, why would Jesus do it over in Genesaret and, and not to this Canaanite woman? Maybe even because Jesus needed to have his ministry expanded, right? Maybe even Jesus needed to see beyond uh, this, this dualistic idea of, of them and us. Uh, you know, who's in and who's out? Who are the good guys? Who are the bad guys? Because over at Genesaret, they were, they were non-Jewish people as well, but they were not the sworn enemy of the Jewish people. But the Canaanites were. And, and this woman is to be credited incredibly for her persistence, right? She doesn't take no for an answer. Jesus, she comes up to him and asks for healing, and Jesus doesn't even speak to her. Then the disciples come up and say, hey, get rid of her. And then she's like, well, I'm not going to be gotten rid of. And she comes up and speaks to Jesus. A woman and a non-Jew. That's, that's, again, unheard of. Think of the woman at the well, right? But that was not done. And then Jesus says, listen, you know, uses that analogy. And she doesn't get angry at the analogy. She simply uses the analogy and uses it and says, sir, even the dogs eat the scraps of the table. I realize what you have is the food that satisfies, right? That was two days ago we talked about that. I realize what you have is what we need, what I need, and what my daughter needs. You, the Jewish people. She's honoring the Jewish people and honoring Jesus and saying, I realize you've got it. And what you have, we, the Canaanite people, particularly today, my daughter need. She's inviting Jesus to expand beyond um, and, and listen, trust me, this is not a cut on Jesus. Jesus had expanded a great deal, right? He was just over in Genesaret. But even Jesus had this blind spot that needed to be expanded. That needed to be expanded. And he, and he sees it. To Jesus' credit, to the woman's credit. Jesus hears the voice of the Holy Spirit coming through this woman. 
coming through this woman from whom he did not expect it to come. Right? Brothers and sisters, I say this. It's a wonderful gospel for two reasons. You know, there may be times we look like the 12 princes did in reconnoitering the land and say, whatever this problem we're facing, it seems too too big for me. It seems too massive. I don't think I can overcome it. But brothers and sisters, we have to remember who's calling us forward. And, and if God is the one inviting us into this new place, are we able and willing to trust and be persistent enough, like this woman, to trust that if God's behind it, I may not see the avenue. I may not see the way. But you know what? God, you do. And I just need to be persistent. To not give up easily. The 12 princes, well, at least 11 of them, they gave up easily. And they said, this can't be done. And, and in giving up, they inhibited the work of God for 40 years. Brothers and sisters, if we give up on where we believe God is calling us today, we are inhibiting the work of God. Maybe not forever, but for this time. I invite us not to do that. I invite us, brothers and sisters, if we trust that God is called, to be persistent in that call. Take heart, as he says yesterday, it is I. I'm with you. Do not be afraid. Right? And the other thing, again, and, and this is where I think Jesus invites us to, is, brothers and sisters, the word of God may come to us from incredibly unexpected places today. You and I, we have blind spots. Far more, far more than Christ did. We have our blind spots. And our mission and ministry needs to be expanded as well. We divide people in, and we talked about it last week, into, the, into, into groups Dichotomous groups, that there are those who are in and out, those who are good and bad, those who, who carry wisdom and the truth and those who do not. Brothers and sisters, our God is always bigger. And be open to the wisdom and the, and the Spirit of God coming us, to us today through unexpected ways and means and people. And when we do hear that, may we be like Christ, as open to say, you know what? Amen to what you are saying and expanding that mission and ministry and our understanding of the largesse of God. And may we, as Jesus did, bring that grace and mercy to that place that we did not think was worthy or capable of it before. Ah, this wonderful gospel reading can teach us much. May we be persistent. When God calls us, God can do what God invites us to do. May, may we not be the reason that God's will and, and uh, action, may we not be the reason it's not done today. May we trust and be persistent. And may we open ourselves to know that God is always bigger. God is always bigger. And to see that spirit of God coming to us in different ways. Today, brothers and sisters, is a feast day. It is the feast of St. John Vianney. Uh, John Vianney lived uh, not that long ago, actually. Um, he was born in uh, 
in France in May of 1786, died in 1859, so lived to be 73 years of age. He was a wonderful and good man, but his education as a youth did not, um, it was not sufficient for him to follow his call, which he wanted to be a priest more than anything else. And uh, so he entered the seminary and he simply couldn't uh, learn the Latin and he couldn't keep up with it. So instead what he did, because he still believed he was called to be a priest, he hired a private tutor. And after years and years of study of Latin and, uh, and church teaching, he was ordained a priest. And so again, he was persistent. He, was, he trusted God's call and he wasn't going to let any barrier keep him from where God was inviting him. Well, then he was assigned to Ars, A-R-S, a town in France. Uh, in fact, if you hear of St. John Vianney, you'll often hear him heard uh, or talked about as the curé of Ars. And uh, when he got there, um, the people were indifferent to what he had to say. Why? Because they were comfortable in their style of living. Boy, does that sound familiar today? The people were indifferent because they were comfortable already. What did he have to bring? And so he spent hours in, in prayer and fasting, and it was actually his modeling of, the, the, of what a Christian life could look like that got the attention of the people of ours. And that location um, changed entirely, came to understand their need for God, uh, because of his example. And what he would do, what he's most known for, is connecting people to the mercy of God through the sacrament of reconciliation. It is said that during winter, he would spend 11 to 12 hours um, in, uh, with, with the sacrament of reconciliation, inviting people to understand their forgiveness and God's great love and mercy. Uh, and in the summertime, he took that 11 to 12 hours and went up to 16 hours. That's how he connected the people to God's grace and goodness. How wonderful. He didn't let barriers keep him from uh, where God was calling him. He didn't let his education, he didn't let the indifference of the people. Instead, he kept on his vision and allowed the Spirit of God to work. He was... Um, it actually didn't take long for him to be beatified and canonized. And in 1929, he was made the patron saint of all parish priests. Uh, again, you can see why. Um, because they connected. What he did so well was connect them to God. May we be so good to live out our priestly ministry, even our lay priestly ministry, because we were baptized priest, prophet, and king. May we do as well to confront the indifference and the comfortable living around us and, and be that example for those in our lives and help connect them to the mercy and goodness and grace of a God, of our God. Let's pray. We uh, continue through the joyful mysteries today. And so we begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The third joyful mystery, um, the birth of Jesus. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread 
and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. St. John Vianney, pray for us. My friends, Thank you for uh, taking time to break open God's Word with me today on this, the 353rd episode of Cup of Joe. May your Wednesday be filled with every good thing. God's peace to you.